Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, a year ago this week, the Taliban seized Kabul, leading tens of thousands of Afghans to flee the country. Since then, Pittsburgh has welcomed more than 700 evacuees. The nonprofit Jewish Family and Community Services has helped many of them get settled in their new homes. I'm here with Yvonne Smith-Tapia, the Director of Refugee and Immigrant Services at JFCS, and Zubair Barbara-Kahel, an Afghan journalist who relocated to Pittsburgh with his family. It's Thursday, August 18th. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Yvonne, can you remind us why uh, so many people had to flee Afghanistan last summer? It was because of the presence of the United States in Afghanistan for over, I'm guessing, two decades. Uh, The government decided that they needed to leave Afghanistan, and that created a gap in their political system after the decision of the U.S. government to leave uh, Afghanistan, the Taliban took over very quickly, and that created chaos. And many people that were enjoying uh, democracy and they were living their lives with more uh, democratic values were at risk. So the government, uh, the U.S. government, realized that that was uh, something that wasn't ideal, and they they weren't expecting this to happen that quickly. So they established a humanitarian approach to evacuate as many people as possible. And many people were able to uh, go to the airport and being uh, evacuated out of Afghanistan. And I remember a lot of the images uh, from a year ago of families leaving. um, So many people packed in airports trying to leave the country. Zubair, why did you personally have to leave? And um, can you tell us what the experience was like for you and your family? I worked uh, for more than eight years for a publication that was serving the U.S. military, Stars and Stripes, the newspaper. And uh, before that, I worked for various uh, American and European uh, media outlets as a freelancer. So for that reason, Uh, Because I was directly involved working for the U.S. government in Afghanistan, there was a risk and there was like practically it happened. We were shot at uh, one time during work on a a reporting trip in Afghanistan with my American co-worker. And I was threatened to stop working for them several times, which I didn't want quit journalism. So uh, definitely at the end of the day, when when those people who were threatening us who were chasing those who were working for americans as interpreters as journalists as cleaners whatever they were at risk so that's why um, uh, i decided to to come to america and my decision was made many years ago it was 2015 when i decided to come to america i applied for siv the special immigrant visa but as like everyone saw uh, in the in the news everywhere that this siv process was was one of the problematic process it took like years for some people and still some people are left behind because the process was not that uh, uh, good enough, you know. 
So uh, I found myself and my family at risk after the, the Taliban took over Kabul. So that's why we fled the country. And Yvonne, what was it like for Afghan evacuees once they arrived in Pittsburgh? I have to imagine um, there were a lot of challenges, including finding employment, housing. The most difficult challenge was that we didn't receive any time to prepare. We were informed that in five hours uh, they will start arriving. And we didn't have any time to find a proper uh, home for them, of course, like in, even in hours, we were receiving days in advance to know like many families would arrive at the airport. So we really uh, worked for several months in an emergency approach and trying to do the basic things first and trying to be, meet them at the airport and book hotels for them and provide food and assessing their medical needs and connect them with the a specific uh, supports that they needed. The problem that we faced the most was the short notice of reacting to these needs. And uh, on the evacuees point of view, they were waiting a lot of time, sometimes months, in military bases. And when they arrived to their cities that were supposed to welcome them, their expectations and their reality were very different because on our end, we didn't have months in advance to prepare. And the things that they needed and were expected weren't ready locally. So for it didn't matter how much time we worked, some of the things weren't just there for them. They were really eager to find employment right away, to be in a home with their families. And it took us months to uh, find them homes and, and jobs so they could start their lives here in Pittsburgh. How were they provided for in the in the meantime? Did they have hotels? Did they get like a stipend or something like yes. that? Yes. So the government, the, the process that the government sets is each refugee, and in this case also each humanitarian parolist, have an stipend that the State Department gives to every refugee. Because refugees don't have a bank account, don't have a way to manage their money, resettlement agencies manage their money on their behalf. So each person has approximately uh, $1,100 for them to start their lives in Pittsburgh. So if it's a single man, that's the only money that they have. As you can imagine, a single man cannot pay for rent, security deposit, buy things that they need, their basic needs uh, with $1,100. So we make sure resettlement agencies, and in this case, JFCS, we make sure that we have other funds. We do a lot of fundraising and we have a very generous uh, community, individual donors and foundations and private donors that help us do this work. So for instance, we didn't use their uh, resettlement money to pay for hotels. We fundraised that money. We wanted to make sure that families have money saved uh, when they move to permanent housing. We give a lot of donations, uh, gift cards, so they can uh, they could buy clothing, food, uh, any supplies that they needed. So we were very uh, thankful and lucky to have a generous community to help us provide for all of their needs. 
The show today is brought to you by an incredible local resource, AIDS Free Pittsburgh, and their pledge to end the HIV AIDS epidemic in Allegheny County by 2030. If that is a cause that is close to your heart, make sure you're around for their biggest event of the summer, the sixth annual Too Hot for July. It is a party, but it is also a chance to get confidential HIV and STI testing for free, plus info on the incredible preventative medicines we have now to keep yins happy, healthy, and feeling your most confident out on the town. So come on out to Allegheny Commons East Park on Thursday, May 30th. Yes, July is in the name, but the event is in May. Don't get confused. May 30th from 4 to 10 p.m. There will be DJ sets, a health fair and marketplace, a ballroom-inspired dance battle, cash bar, food trucks, and more. Plus, a performance by Tony Award winner Alex Newell, a.k.a. Unique, from Glee. This is all thanks to True Tea Pittsburgh and so many folks doing the good work out here in the community. So do not miss out. Learn more at TooHotForJuly.com. Jabir, how has the experience for you over the past year or several months kind of shifted? Well, at the beginning, I was pretty much concerned about uh, getting resettled. It was not only me. If I, if it's only me, I wouldn't care that much if I sleep on the road or end up anywhere. But I had my family with me, my wife and three kids in uh, God blessed us with another kid here in Pittsburgh, so four kids. So uh, I was concerned, and I was thinking always what uh, where, uh, what will happen, you know, when it comes to housing, when it comes to, because we arrived in the winter in Pittsburgh, it was too cold, and also uh, commuting and moving everywhere was like a little bit hard. So, but. It was uh, the the great support from the resettlement agency JFCS that they provided. You know, when it comes to bus trainings and when it comes to uh, having warm clothing and uh, putting my children in the school. So once school was started for my kids, their life was changed because they were getting bored at home. Firsthand, they were split from their cousins and family back in Afghanistan. They were missing uh, uh, back home a lot. But once they started their school, uh, uh, they all of a sudden became lively, making friends at school, making same age, uh, uh, meeting same age uh, kids at school, playing with them. So that was a great uh, 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 thing that I could see. Plus, uh, I was able to get a driving license and get a car. So now I'm happy. How how are your experiences driving in Pittsburgh so far? People complain about it a lot. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, my main concern was this because uh, I knew like all these zigzag roads and tunnels and, and bridges, you know. So once I uh, bought a car, I missed my exit, you know so many times and then yeah and then uh, i will tell you a short story i went to i went to union town to meet a friend of mine who i met him in afghanistan 20 years ago wow so i i went and met him and hit, uh, it was the first time that i was meeting his brother so his brother asked me why did you choose to come to pittsburgh i said i liked it and your brother told me so many good things about it and the brother says oh he's a liar <laughs> and 
And I said, why? He said, I don't like Pittsburgh because of the roads, you know, especially near uh, downtown, you know. Uh, he says, I was grew up here, but I still get lost over there. Yeah, it's a mess. Um, <laughs> Avon, what are some of the biggest hurdles uh, for Afghan evacuees living in the region? I think there are. Pittsburgh has improved a lot in how we welcome refugees and immigrants from all over the world, but still our systems are not perfect, are not great to serve diverse communities and especially individuals that don't speak English. So the I think one of the main um, barriers that refugees and uh, Afghans have experienced here is the mobility transportation it's a very complicated bus system to navigate especially if you don't have literacy skills so if you don't read in your home language or you don't read in english and you don't have digital skills it's very very hard to understand the bus system it's also hard for them to understand that in the u.s and in pittsburgh things take longer Everything is based on processes. In other countries, you're sick, you can see a doctor next day, or the doctor can visit you at home and it's quicker. Here, they arrive again with expectations of things are going to be quicker. And when they were asking us for a medical appointment, we need to tell them it's going to be in three weeks. That wasn't a good thing for them. So understanding that things have a process um, many organizations still don't provide interpretation, which makes it harder for them to be independent. Zubair, what advice would you give to new evacuees um, to the area? First of all, like migration and to get displaced, it's not something that you will have a good time and good life overnight. You are going to suffer, you are going to have problems, and because you have to start your new life from zero anywhere in the world. I've been twice a refugee now because when I was a little kid, my family migrated to Pakistan during the Russian invasion. So I have that experience and now I have uh, this experience be being a father. So uh, uh, the main thing is for every refugee, all migrants is that they need to be patient uh, their life cannot be changed overnight, and they need to know that from wherever they come, it's totally different here. You know, every every country and culture and region they have different manners, different culture, different values. So they need to understand uh, this while moving to a new place. So uh, uh, the other thing is that uh, mostly the, the Afghan evacuees they think that. Uh, since they had served the U.S. government in Afghanistan, they put their lives in danger for them. Now it's time to to have like a, its outcome or yield here in America. Some of them like things they will have like luxury life. They will not work, but the government will just give them cash, you know, which is not true. You have to work here in this country. It's not something uh, uh, so so I think uh, mainly like the refugees needs to to start learning fast and building their life fast. Do not depend on the 
on the donations and funds and uh, depending on the resettlement agencies, you know, you have to uh, keep the, the wheel and uh, going by yourself. What's been the most surprising thing about Pittsburgh to you? I know in big cities, I, I, I was in the U.S. before uh, on a State Department visit uh, in 2008, and I traveled to like New York, New York and uh, San Francisco in big cities. So what I found here, Pittsburgh, is like the people here are more friendly, and it looks like people here are a little bit laid back. Like they have, at least they have time when you face them walking on the sidewalk, they will smile or say hi to you. But in big cities, this thing is not common, what I know. So it's surprisingly a good city for me. I'm glad that people have been welcoming. Yvonne Smith-Tapia and Zubair Barbacahel, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having us and thank you for helping us spread the word about refugee resettlement and ways to support. Yeah, thank you so much. You can learn more about how to support Afghan evacuees in Pittsburgh at the JFCS website. We'll drop a link in our show notes, but they're looking for volunteers to do everything from helping families practice English to setting up homes or hotel rooms for people who have just arrived. A little more news before you go. The Allegheny County Health Department has a new report out that's trying to make it easier For ordinary people, like non-scientists, to understand the air quality here. Their annual report used to have a bunch of charts and data that were tough to understand. Now it explains the science behind measuring air pollution and has information on how you can help make the air clearer or file an air quality complaint. And tomorrow is the eighth annual ramp crawl through Oakland. The event is modeled after a pub crawl, and it's meant to raise awareness about the importance of accessibility. The crawl starts off at Shenley Plaza at 4 p.m. Then the gang is going to head out for food and drink specials at wheelchair accessible venues throughout the neighborhood. I think that's so cool. It's all organized by Oakland for All. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Make sure you say hi to your neighbors. We want to make sure we're still a very welcoming city. If you enjoyed the show, tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, subscribe to our morning newsletter, all those things. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. So we'll see you then. American and from Pittsburgh. It's like, ew. Uh- <laughs>